Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, welcome to the club call. Happy Valentine's Day, if that is your thing. Um, if you like it, some people love it, some people hate it. Ned ate it, Ned wants it stolen it, with the 31st and the 30th of February. Which fair play. But uh, hello, good evening, if you're having a nice Valentine's Day with your, uh, your partner, enjoy. If you're here listening to us, then enjoy. Enjoy. Still no news. Not that we really expected it, but um, yeah, there hasn't been any at the moment. Are we expecting it this week, Pedro? What's your gut feeling saying this week or next week? Can't be much longer than that, can it? So who knows? Who knows? I mean, they know. Do they know? Do they know? Is it strategical? I don't know. Sure. Are they all gonna? Is Richard Masters gonna go on an all-inclusive holiday and just like you know put it out the next morning? I don't know. To be honest, I mean, just saying. Just it's saying. The, you know, he's had a difficult time. You know, gotta remember, he's had a difficult mm. time. It's mm. difficult, you know, mitigating circumstances with the uh, the Ukraine. Uh, Russia conflict and COVID, you know, it's hard to do his yeah. job. Can't the, the money's not as free flowing? Mm. You know, all the things he threw out the door when Everton done it. Um, there you go. There you go. He's got a big job. He only earns three million pounds a year. Something. Mm. Not bad for four choices. I don't know how people live on those kind of wages. When you fourth choice, because once you've put that's like, how much they paid the first choice. That's once you've once you've put your kids through like. <laughs> Boarding school in Switzerland and stuff. Mm. There ain't much that much left. You know what I mean? Mm. People forget that kind of thing. It can be tough. People forget that. Um, you know, once you've paid all your staff mm. and, you know, put some fuel in the Bentley, it won't leave you much left. People forget that. It's hard. It's hard. Hard. Mm. It's hard. It's hard. Anyway, here we are. So if you are an Everton uh, Premier member, get your call and if you've got something to, something you want to get off your chest, do it. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. The, I mean, the EFC Stato posted today, Duncan Ferguson is the only Everton player ever to receive a red card on Valentine's Day. I believe so. 
against Bolton, was it? Bolton, yeah, when mm-hmm. he'd done the out. Oh, no, Derby County, it was. Oh, Derby. Elbow. Oh, yeah. Paolo, one shop. One shop, eh? I think they beat us 2-1 that day. I know. I wonder what illegal play they had playing for them that day. Well, 98. Wasn't it 90... Was it August 97 in that one when Esteban Fuentes, Fuentes scored? I imagine and then so. Was, was by the time the next game came around, he was mm. deported. We got beat 1-0. I think it might have been that, 97, 98. Yeah. Good times. Great times. They were the times, though, when you could... Just discuss whether points should have been deducted for illegal players. No one did discuss it, though. That's no. the irony of it. We just went, oh, he shouldn't have been in the There's country. There's a fella, he, he didn't have a passport, yeah. or his passport was dodgy. Mm-hmm. He scored to win a goal against Everton. It's the only thing he ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gone now, but let's just forget about that. Mm-hmm. And we did. We did. We did forget about it. Um, if no one, cr- you know, no one cry mm-hmm. asked about it. We just got no. it. Just moved on. You know, that's, 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 the world's a different place now. You know, we're all, God, we're always crying about like these wars going on and stuff. God. Well, just, I know, I, I just keep it Bloody on. Bloody snowflakes moaning about wars. Keeping it at football level. That, that was the days when you just went, okay. You didn't have to worry about PSR. You didn't have to worry about solicitors and lawyers getting involved to tell you whether the point you earned was uh, you've done it legally. You mm. just, you know, you went out there, your player elbowed someone, he got sent off, you got on with it. Just got on with it. You know, you got on with it. Hey, yo. Mm. I looking at Everton's team before the UEFA Cup game with no sponsors on. Yeah. Manny Fernandez, Yakubu, Lescott, Brandt, Joe, yo. And you've got Jags, Carsley, Neville, Kale, Andy Johnson. I mean, look at Moyes playing... Manny Fernandez, Kale, Andy Johnson, Yakubu, Osman all in the same team. Who says Moyes is negative? I miss the best days. Fans. They were great days. They were good. They were good. They were good days. And big Victor on as well. Everton won games of football, like <sighs> like like it, like they were going out of fashion. Did then we beat them six one at home. Didn't mm. What a time! Time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <sighs> Do you know what else is a good time to be alive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1985 when no, we won the league. When oh. Pack calls. That's another time to when be alive. When Pack calls. When Pack calls. Is that a bit like, you know... When, yeah, let's go. That's that's another yeah. It's another that's good time it. to be alive when Pack calls. Oh, we've got Pat. Pat's the man, but I've got to put me... I mean, maybe if you put them on before. Well, you don't... What happens is, like on normal professional things, you don't go to the line till everybody's ready. Well... But you've, you should have been ready. Again, not I was ready. And that, I think it's it. more professional at your end rather not really, than... really, not really. I'll, I'll, I'm with Ned on this one. Well, you go with Ned all you want, but... Pat, how are we? I'm doing right. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. What's going on? Yeah, I've been a bit busy. I'll be pretty short today. Um, the uh, What are we... Any? I've kind of checked out a little bit since we've had... We're going to have this week off. Are we getting any news or any rumblings from either Everton sources, you know, Athletic Echo, anything about any indications, or is it just all rumor mill stuff? Um, well, I mean, there has been talk it was going to be this week, but um, 
as of yet, we haven't heard anything. I think the media probably felt like it was going to be this week. Maybe someone had dropped them a line and said something, but so far we've had nothing. And also we haven't had any real indications that it's it's immediate. Like, no, we haven't had any leaks or any follow-up stories or anything like that, any kind of indication. So it feels like it might be strategic in terms of where Everton's game is because it's Monday. Um so maybe it might be it might be left to mid mid next week, but it doesn't really take in like I'm not really sure why it's hasn't happened yet. It's been a good ten days or so since the since it, it finished. So 12. I don't don't know why they kind of couldn't have come up with something in that time really, but um no. We're we're still waiting and we're still we're still we still have to see how our future plans out, and we're, you know it could be could have been a big weekend if we'd got some points back and then got into the got into the game on Monday against Palace. And um, but it looks like they're not going to give us that at the moment. Well, of course not. Uh, uh, Dicky Dick and the little Dick Squad are going to try to uh, are going to try to do the best they can to uh, to view Everton as an opportunity, because mm. that's what I've always felt. Everton are offer them a team that's big enough historically mm. and has enough of a of a household name to make an impact, but right now, not enough sort of uh, political power within the world football or English football establishment to really do anything about it. Yeah, or you know whatever. Whereas Man City can have, of course, and this is what pisses me off is the uh, the idea that the Emiratis were were willing to uh, suggest at least strongly suggest that there might be foreign relations consequences. If Man City were to be either too closely investigated or charges were uh, uh, unfair as they view them, charges were to be brought. So I think that's a little disgusting as well. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure Chelsea with, you know, Todd and Eggball are going to have the same thing because they have American interests. And we know that the uh, new NBC contracts is coming up too. So these are all very important things, apparently, compared to the you know just the integrity of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, you're absolutely right. These people have all got, they've all got um, a, a good stake in the game. Whereas you're right, Everton don't really have any sway, and haven't had any sway for a while. And of and of, yeah, there's there's. You can make an example out of Everton, as you said. We're just big enough that it it makes headlines, but we don't have enough political clout that actually we can follow through with it. We don't have any friends in the media, um, which is another thing. So there's no one really standing up for us. We don't have too many ex-players who who make waves because the generations of players who've won anything are not really well-known anymore. We might know them as fans, but outside people won't know them. And... Also, a lot of our ex-players are trying to, I don't know, forge their own way in the media without without mm-hmm. without making too much of a, you know, too much impact themselves. You know, Phil Jagielka has been on um, has been on national radio in the UK this week, and that's very that's interesting. You know, was you know, and he has said some good stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. That's that's really sure. interesting. That's really interesting that he's done that and. Again, though, it, it it's 
he has to be afforded the platform. That's half the problem, isn't it? He has to be afforded the platform. Someone has to invite him on to grab those headlines. Said loads of times, like the likes of um, Gary Neville on his podcast should be inviting someone from Everton. Well, he should be should be should be inviting someone from Evan to or or, or next player to get go on there, down, right? yeah, or, or get Jags on and have some have a bit of a laugh with them, have a chat, but and get down to the nitty gritty with Evan. Having someone like Carragher fight your corner for you, he's never going to go far enough as we want him. We want them or get over the facts because the simple fact is a lot of these lot of these people, whether it be your Neville's or whoever else, they don't they don't know what we know about our football club. They 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 know about their own football club and maybe a little bit around some of the big stories, but they don't really know what's going on. You see it all the time with some of the things that get said about why Everton are where they are. It's just pure drivel. It's absolute drivel this idea that we spend fortunes on players and it's just, we all know it's not true because we watch them every week. So I think we need to get we need to get that, you know, a few more good headlines for us um, coming from coming from some of these really uh, influential podcasts and radio shows and TV shows. That'd be the, that'd be a good start. Yeah, I think a lot of our former our former players of the past from the Moise era, I guess, would be the ones who would be mm. active now, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, I think that people have kind of frozen out Big Nev because of his activism, I think, largely. So I don't think they're going to ever call him up because um, he's got a, a, a pretty forceful personality. I don't think they like that. Uh, they like, you know, easy sound bites and, 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 and completely useless controversy. So that's why they like, you know, Keane and Carragher and Gary Neville, because that, that's what they're good at. Mm. Um, so they have that. But, but our players weirdly seem to like, want to believe in the institution of a, of a fair game. Cause I, I was obviously from us broadcast. I listened to Tim Howard on most weeks in the morning. He's not out there defending us. Yeah. You know, Jags was good doing it, but Osmond's not really being that being a big, you know, uh, beating the drum for Everton, uh, Gary Cahill. He's uh, Tim Gary, Tim Cahill's mm. not really like been doing that either. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it, we have some players who are very notable people in this league. But I think a lot of them either were quiet or really believed that this was supposed to be a fair game and have been either t- have been taken aback and, and don't know how to respond and don't fight for us in the same way that the post-Premier League Big Six Sky Six uh, um, pundits do for their teams, which I never think should be the way that punditry should be in the first place. It should be an impartial thing. You shouldn't have a Man United or a Liverpool-like uh, pundit in the corner on a like on a national broadcast, but mm. that's despite it. Our players in specific countries, or whatever, like on op on Optus or whatever, like in Australia, we don't see Tim Cahill come on and, and bat for us. In America, we don't see Tim Howard coming to mm. bat for us. You guys don't, you know, Ozzy will be on sometimes, but he's more going to be like rooting for us, but not really coming to bat. So I think that that's kind of my last point is why aren't they coming to bat for us? I think because he just. <laughs> Tim Cale is a is an interesting one because he's got he's played in so many countries around the world and he's he's um, he's a good talker but he's so entwined with now with the Qatari Football Federation and and being part of Aspire that it, I don't think he wants to get inv- involved in political rows. I think he wants to keep himself as I think he wants to keep his part of as dry as possible because he doesn't want to they don't want to upset people. It's I mean, it's that it's. Without, I mean, I, I'm not in their position. I can upset anyone I want, and because the consequences aren't really that 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 big for me. But for these people, I suppose 
someone like Kale, he's if he wants to Kale strikes me as someone who could end up potentially, and I'm just saying very much potentially, I could see Tim Kale as the head of FIFA. I really could. Mm. I, 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 I think I think he could because he's played all around the world. Mm. He doesn't offend people. People like him. He's got a certain way about him. And he knows the game on the field and off the field as an administrator. And I could see him being like this, a, 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 a new version of, even though he wasn't an amazing footballer as such in terms of being an unbelievable world player, he 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 ticks a lot of the boxes, and I and I I think going out and like going this for Everton is for everyone else. This is kind of a small thing for Everton. It's huge, but for him, does he risk a lot of those political alliances that you'd need to gain to get those votes to one day to maybe secure your place? Might be listen. He might he mightn't think be thinking that way, but who knows? People like Osman, he's not. He's not sort of like in in the UK. He's not certainly not like a, a an A list pundit. He's very much like a B C pundit. So it's yeah. he gets on match of the day too, and he gets on like certain shows. But he's not he's not like a. So he 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 obviously needs to almost in a way keep his nose clean. He has done stuff. I have heard him when the fair, when the uh, we got deducted the ten points. I remember that night. He was on Radio 5 in the UK covering the England game. And he'd been briefed by Everton. It was very clear. And he, what he said is what the club had, had, had been briefing a lot of people about. And he, and he read it out and he was, he was pushing our, our corner. But he wasn't going over the top. He wasn't trying to make enemies with anyone. And the problem is, I'll say it again, it's the conversation over here just isn't being had. It just isn't being had. It's not like we are... If we're just, if if they're talking about us, they're talking about like the whole thing. They're not they're not doing a big thing about Everton on Monday Night Football or Neville's podcast or Lineker's podcast. They're not inviting in Everton, Everton people on to talk about this. They're talking about us in like, well, you know, they shouldn't have done this and they shouldn't have done that, and it's all an outside. It's all an outside perspective rather than being getting inside, and that's the thing. Like they should have. When Neville wanted to talk about it, he should have got someone on from Everton to talk about it so he knew the exact... Five Live got Julia Bold on and thought she'd done a brilliant job when she was on. And she's been on a few times because obviously Mark Chapman does a lot with Radio 5 and obviously Mark Chapman did the did the uh, the podcast with her. But we you, you've seen all the controversy. You've seen that Sky Sports had an interview with Andy Byrne that they didn't run. They, didn't run. Yep. they had an interview with us that they didn't run. It's It's... A conversation people don't want to have, and that's the hardest part from our point of view is, is that there's so many people who are willing to go to bath for Evan, but they're not allowed the opportunity. So people like us just become an, e- an echo chamber. We're talking about it all the time, but no one feels like in this country like it's a big enough story. Apart from maybe the day, it, the maybe the day it came out a couple of days after it came out, and then when the appeal gets heard and the reaction to the appeal, and then that'll be it. It'll go away. I mean, to be fair. Nottingham Forest over here have had nothing like absolutely like yeah. since the since they got done for the for it there's been absolutely no coverage of it whatsoever and I'm sure there will be when when then they are given a punishment when the their commission happens but there has been zero about Nottingham Forest nothing down to why they're in there the club have said nothing there's been no fans saying anything it's really strange so at least Everton 
I've had a little bit, but it's not enough. It's not enough that more people are not talking about this story as a whole and what it's doing to football. We've just gone through January and people are not buying players. And now we're being told that like Wolves are going to have to sell their best player. People are not talking about how this is having a really, really bad effect on the ecosystem of football in this country. It, and it really is having a, a poor effect. You know, Everton selling their best player, Nottingham Forest selling their best player, Wolves selling their best player. You know, Newcastle might have to sell some quality in the summer. And what you're basically saying to people is if you want to reach a level where you can compete with everyone else, you're going to have to go one step forward, two steps back, and you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to be able to hold the team together long enough that can attack these clubs. And that's the real issue. And no one really wants to talk about it in this country. No one wants to get to the bottom of it because all the pundits are mouthpieces for the big clubs. You know, you've got the attachment. Carragher with Liverpool, Neville with with Manchester United, um, Man City um, have uh, Mika Richards, um, Chelsea have maybe Frank Lampard or a few others. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's Czech, high five. Petr Czech, a high five in Carragher. No one wants to talk about it because it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with them. It doesn't have anything to do with the people who were the pundits on TV. Roy Keane, Manchester United, Ian Wright, Arsenal. These are all good people, but they're not asked. They're just not interested in what what we're going through, they don't care. And they but they they're going back to a point you said before is they're not they're not supposed to be biased in when they're on TV. They're not supposed to be have this biased view. And unfortunately, the channels allowed them to be biased sky by putting Carragher on Liverpool games, Neville on Manchester United games. That sets the tone of where we are with our media landscape. And like I've just literally been talking now about like how it is in America with Baz and said to Ned, you know, you've got you have the situation in the Super Bowl on, on at the weekend where on Sunday where obviously um the guy, um, um, Mr. Smith, Mr. Swift, has had a go at the coach. And three days later, he's doing a podcast with his brother, explaining what happened and getting his story out and all this kind of thing. And that's that's the kind of media we don't have over here. We have ex play- you don't hear from players. No, I you don't hear from players. Huge issue. You don't. We've had Stubbs in today. Alan Stubbs will be in the studio today talking about how he thinks it will affect the players because they don't see 10 points. They see Everton in the bottom three, and that's all that matters. We don't hear from the players. All we hear about is ex-professionals who have a narrative that has been driven by their football club and their experiences. And we don't have that thing where we have a media that talks about things in a generalisation. How would this affect you if you were, you're Manchester United? You get deducted 10 points. How would that affect you? Not, well, I'm not bothered because we'll never get 10 points. And that just seems to be the media landscape as it is at the moment. Nobody cares because it's just Everton and it's just Nottingham Forest and it might just be... Um, um, whoever, Wolves next, no one cares. And they won't care till either Chelsea gets done or Manchester City get done and it gets done properly. And and then, you, then, then you'll see the big thing about it. Oh, we need to change this rules. It's destroying the game, blah, blah, blah. And here's the, here's the frustrating part about it, right? Everton and Forest just basically effed up. Yeah. We just, we effed up. We overspent over that value. There was... You know, Forrest right afterwards, they knew they were up against it and they couldn't sell Johnson fast enough. Fine, mm. whatever. They knew they screwed up and it's a question of timing, right? Mm. Everton, we knew we screwed up. We tried as hard as we could, reasonably probably could, should have done better or if we were knew we were really at this up against it, the outgoing administration should have pushed to sell more um, just because that's how it has to be, uh, but didn't. But despite that, 
the city and Chelsea cases are about fraud. They're about yeah. deliberately lying. They're about improper sponsorship deals. They're about things that should be like the, the, in the United States. Those are things that we will see in monthly in our monthly magazines. Those are the things mm. we'll see in Time. They're the things we'll see in the Atlantic. You know, those are those things. These are not everyday news stories. These are like investigative journalists. People get fired. Yeah, uh, uh, entities get full get get collapsed and get folded in by a gut by a government entity. FBI or Interpol starts investigating. That's what this this stuff. That's the level that Chelsea and, and City are hiding payments, illicit payments, uh, 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 contained to foreign governments, unfair influence, and and in trying to uh, influence the government of the country in which the league exists. These are these are ridiculous. Everton overspent. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We lost more money. Okay, we screwed up. Not even denying that. Not denying our, our owner was horrible, or and we were the first really to protest that. It's more the fact that we're talking about a case of screwing up and 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 going awry of uh, procedural, not a procedural, but um, essentially competition based rules, mm. which ostensibly are there for a reason. And people who are literally lying and committing what in any other business would be fraud and see people in jail. Mm. Yeah, and that was my last point. No, that's a, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The and you can and I understand when you hear people say, "Well, that's why it's taken Manchester City. It's taken Manchester City so long, or it's taken sorry the Premier League or whatever else to 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 to, to get Manchester City because the but Manchester City will wrap them in legal stuff for as long as they want." Whereas Everton can't and won't do that because I don't think anyone was ever expecting ten points. But yeah, it's 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 a mess. It's a mess, and we just need we just need it to be cleared up and get away from it as fast as possible. And as fast as we get away from it, the rules will change because the Premier League are well aware that this has damaged the brand, and people aren't aren't talking about uh, the game as such, and are talking about all the stuff and talking about the fact that points deductions could be why teams get relegated and. And it does damage the brand. It really does. It damages the brand that you can't buy players. It, you know, football is supposed in the Premier League is always supposed to get stronger and stronger and stronger and bring in the best talents. Well, if the teams can't bring in the best talents, then we, you get you just get that flatness again, and things just keep going the way they're going. It's not that's not good for the league. And if Man City are continuing to win, and people are pointing fingers at Man City, how does that look good for the Premier League? If no one can challenge Manchester City. And yet they're going to be there up for 115 cases. How does that help the Premier League? It looks bad. So things will change soon, but whether that comes too late forever, we'll have to wait and see. There we go. Is Pat gone? Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Thanks, Pat. Cheers, Top Pat. man. There we go. There you go. James says, Baz, will you be going on the overlap? If you are, when will that be? Uh, looks like the first week in March. So, better get me uh, me homework done mm-hmm. and the defence ready to uh, better go and take some names. Coffee, please, Nedrick. Take some names. Kick ass and yeah. have they briefed you? No, not really. I thought he rung you last week. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah. week in March. Okay. I mean, different conditions and, you know, and Different conditions? Mm-hmm. What kind of conditions? Just like, you know, unpaid gigs and stuff, you know. But, but also, it's a different format, he said. So, to be honest, I'm hoping it's a bit more like, 
the thing is, it's a bit more like the uh, the one he's got now, where it's actually with less fans, Small, so you can get yeah. it. You can get. You don't it. need half of those fans. None of them got anything. Like, without being disrespectful, there's a, not a lot of stories for a lot of clubs in the Premier no, League. No, is there? I wish there wasn't for that. No, I I do. But what I mean is, if there's a smaller thing, we'll I'll be able to to get rid of a get few the of points. the myths that are going around like we buy loads of players yeah. and that's why we're where we hopefully, are nonsense hopefully Paul Machen won't be there to to give his side of the view of Everton what's Paul's have you ever watched it back and noticed that every time you talk oh, Paul, Paul, gets Paul you. follows yeah. you Paul, Paul follows you into yeah. the conversation I mean I love Paul but yeah. he does it quite a lot oh yeah yeah he, he does get, follow he you the pat on the head he does follow you into the conversation oh, loves you loves you but um you show him over there. Say it again. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna, you know, you were on the grass again and rubbing your head like you normally do. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Eh? We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel says probably be ten points suspended, meaning we get ten oh, points for the new charge, so it all stays the same. Have whichever one you want. I've heard five back, and then five taken again. But again, it's all. All nonsense, isn't it? It's all nonsense because no one knows. No one knows. Uh, Celtic Vape said Red somewhere Stubbs called out Sky to put Andy Byrne on. No, he did. He, he tweeted or, or an X, whatever you call mm-hmm. it. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I know what I'd absolutely love, and I know this would never ever happen, right? I know this would never ever happen, mm-hmm. but I would love it if some one of our current players did that because it affects them. No, but what I mean by no, that no, is, no, what no, I mean no, by no, that no. is, they actually mm. do have the power. Like, Ataki or a Seamus Coleman literally mm. has the power to go on Sky and say something like that mm. ahead of like a game on Monday night. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and what what could anybody say if Good. they did it? No one could. The, you know, once the captain, once the vice captain of Everton Football Club, if one of them said something like that, what could anybody say? That's, the, that's what would make ripples. Mm. If after the game you've got him on live and you go and he's, he said something, how could it? No one could say anything about that, and that's what I would love to see. But we don't we don't live in that world in this country. Our our players are instructed not to say anything controversial, even though this could be for someone uh, for someone who plays for our club could be a huge moment in their career or their lives at Everton Football Club it would just be amazingly refreshing if one of our players said something mm. do you know what I mean the manager will say stuff and he has been pushing it more and more and fair enough but what could anyone do to him if he was to say the club the club would, would applaud it the fans would applaud it You'd, I'd absolutely love to see that absolutely love to see it because sadly as you said loads of times our ex-players just don't make any waves but if one of our current players said it, oh, that would be that that would probably be the best best it could be because then someone because then you then all your ex players and everyone else would have to talk about it. Mm. He's oh my god, he said what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when that mm. now they'd have to obviously have to do that after own back. Yeah, you know, no one at yeah, the club. It'd have to be it'd have to be like a podcast they done and they speak out on it. They would the club they couldn't all just tweet. But I, I no, no, I'd do it after the match. Mm. I'd do it when Sky interviewing them. Uh, I love this. Like Lee, someone called Lee. Yeah. You broke the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's only fair you get punished. Yeah. It'd be like breaking the law and not expecting to be punished. Would it? Because other teams have been charged with worse offences, but they haven't, have they? So mm-hmm. far, even though they have done worse. Yeah. Um, 
you have to you have to check the rules, Lee, mm-hmm. to see whether Everton have broke them. Just ask yourself one question. That's the only question you really need to ask yourself. Um, without Everton building the stadium, would they have failed the PSR? And the answer is a resounding no. And that's it. You can't, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I might be wrong here, and tell me if I'm wrong, people in the comments. I've never seen a stadium run down the wing and cross a ball or score a goal. I might be wrong. There might be stadiums somewhere in the world that scored a goal. Um, and that's it. That is it. Uh, go and look at Everton's numbers. Go and look at the players Everton have sold. Go and look at what Everton have spent over the last five years. Everton the third bottom in the net spend in the last five years. Go and have a look at the um, the last three years. Everton are the only one who consistently posts a positive PSR results in terms of player trading. So there's a narrative that all all uh, you know what's going on and all of that. Mm. Um, it's because Everton have bought plays and broke rules. It's wrong. It's nonsense. And that's just a fa- they're just a fact. The rest of it is incidental. They're just the absolute facts of it. But the Premier League is is built for six teams, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with the stadium, you've also got a situation where rules were changed. So it's like doing thirty and a thirty, and then getting a letter to say you were doing thirty and a twenty because they changed the, the the speed limit two weeks later, mm-hmm. and then being done for it. Yeah. So it is what it is. But but you're wrong, Lee. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we we we're just here to tell you that. There you go. But hey, how? What can you do? Mm. People don't want to read all the facts, no. then that's up to them. Um, right, where are we? Du, 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 du. Um, Sean says, not a toffee, but hope the club get the points back, or at least some of them back. Points deductions are laughable to begin with, but considering the Premier League have picked on a non-top six club is abhorrent. Yeah, the, the maddest thing about all this as well, is that Chelsea have admitted to um, to breaking the rules and have had to already pay a fine to UEFA because of everything they did. The Premier League have got all that, but have walked away from it and gone, oh, we'll look at it at some stage. Why? When they've admitted it, if Everton hadn't, why have Everton been dealt with? Why are they trying to deal with Everton? Why are they trying to do two charges in one year for Everton when different two different seasons you just got to ask yourself that it's absolutely it's absolutely crazy it's absolutely crazy uh, and the other thing as well as well and this is this is mad as well in all fairness is that when Everton started to build the stadium <clears throat> the Premier League they spoke to the Premier League regarding infrastructure and the Premier League agreed that you put it, you know, you can put that cost doesn't affect your PSR and then halfway through building the stadium they've changed their mind. So you're already committed. You've got a framework up, there's bricks, there's contractors you've got to pay and then all of a sudden you can't put that on anymore. Mm. That That is wrong as well, isn't it? And I'm sat here not want 
I'm sat here not wanting Nottingham Forest to get a points deduction because I think once you start that pet, not mine. Sorry, mate. I mean, you've made me a coffee at quarter to six. I'll be wired all night now. Cheers, Ned. Thank you very much. Um, I don't want Forest to get a points deduction, even though Everton will benefit massively from it. I mean, you're humpback. You start low and stand up while you're still in the shot. It's incredible. incredible. But anyway, listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Lee, you're wrong, but you're entitled to your opinion. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's already a shambles, the season. The Premier League have ensured that. It's a, it, it's a, it's like a COVID season now, really. It's a void season. Once you start asterisks and teams, it's not real. Um, so we'll see what happens. The rules aren't fit for purpose. Masters, They're going to change because of that. They're not. They're going to change. Masters is, will lose his job in the next eight weeks. I imagine he'll be gone, and it'll all be brushed under. Oh, we made a terrible mistake. Blah de blah de blah. But they've already done the damage, you know. And we'll see where we go with that. Mm. Oh, it's crazy. It is already crazy. We have got. Okay, we've got someone on the line. And we'll go to it it's in Bunzy. four seconds because it is Bunze. It's Bunze. Bunze. How are you, mate? You're okay. Yeah. yeah, can hear good. you, mate. Yeah, good, good, good. I was on just over a year ago, just before Lampard got the bullet saying how how sad it was being an old ass, like, you know, sitting <laughs> in the uh, Upper Gladys Street in 1967, a four year old watching uh, Harvey Kendall and Ball and that, like, and I just thought. You know, we must be at the bottom of the curve now. <laughs> God, I know, mate. You've had good times, though. Good You've times, Bunsy. Good times. I know, I know. <laughs> um, well, so I can give a bit of perspective on things, really, yeah, from yeah. being an old ass like and seeing them. I just want to say, though, that uh, Colin Harvey was my hero growing up. Yeah. You know, what a, what a hero to he, have. He, he, he read the game. The only one that had come near him, in my opinion, was like. Uh, Butch Wilkins for Chelsea, who could dictate the pace of a game and that, even though he had Kendall and Ball either side of him, he was absolutely brilliant. I seen him going into the Royal a couple of years ago. I think his knees were knackered or his hips mm. and that, and I was too, uh, I was too scared to uh, go and go and say hi hey, to him. So it's a, it's a big, big regret. So anyway, um, just two, 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 two points really. The main on. ones about the rules. I want to have a rant about handball and that, but. Just going back to the you know the other what, what, the whole thing now about this really the big clubs having a monopoly in that you mm. had this in America donkeys years ago and I'm talking decades and decades ago I think it first started with one of the St Louis baseball teams whose owner was the president of the baseball league and it was just funneling all the best players to him and they were never losing and then there was also one I think ages ago with the Cleveland Browns where they went four years and they lost about two or three games or something daft like that. Like So that's where they brought this salary cap thing in mm. with a lot of the... Because it's the only way it was going to make it sort of work. So you're right, Ped, when you were saying, you know, salary cap and people... Have, well, it, the trouble with football, it's a global sport, yeah, global yeah. leagues and yeah. that. You've got to be careful. You're not sort of... No. You shoot yourself in the foot and oh, say... Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Is, they're all just going to go off. And the minute... I'm telling you now, City won't get touched because the minute they get touched, they, they'll they'll ride off into the sunset with a load of other big teams and start some Super League up, which, you know, they can do. Mm. Mm. So anyway, but my main thing was all about being an old ass and watching the football. When I was when I was watching the game and that, like, there was no replays. If you weren't on match of the day, you never seen um, any replays of bad refereeing and this, that, and the other. Yeah. I never really, I didn't even know who the, 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 the referees were in those days. And I just refereed the game and I never seen players remonstrating with them in that. 
Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, I do feel a bit of sympathy with referees because the amount of cheating, you know, where they're pretending to be injured, diving, claiming for corners and throw-ins when the ball's coming out, it's just ridiculous. Mm. And there's, an, there's, an, there's a saying, isn't there, like, you know, in rugby union, they spend 80 minutes trying to convince you that they're not injured. And in football, they spend 90 minutes <laughs> trying to convince you that they're injured, like, you know. And that's yeah, just the yeah. nature of the game. But, but I just want to have a... Th- a, a little bit of a rant about handball and I don't understand this. See, my background's in engineer, so I deal in absolutes and that like, you know, mm. and the way the rules are written, they're all up for interpretation, so it becomes subjective and yeah. I even heard um, on Sky Sports there, um, what's what's his name? Dermot Dermot Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Gallagher. Yeah. Saying, you know, well, that was a subjective decision. I'm like, what do you mean a subjective decision? For me, it's either like some of it's black or it's white, like it's in or it's out. Mm. You know, but it's it's like, you know, the, this thing about the ball, the whole of the circumference of the ball, if he had a shadow above it, it's got to be over the line. And then they showed a picture of one on the sky from an angle and it looked about two foot out. Yeah. You know, so you know like, yeah. how can you? But then in games like rugby and NFL and that like you only have to break the plane and you know if if you step on the line just on it you're out and that but yeah. with with that you've got to be there but then with offside you have to be you know you could have your little toe ahead of them and you're offside yeah. it's like it just doesn't make any sort of sense to me but the thing with handball is like in the rules where they get so subjective is that they say, like, if it deliberately touches the hand or arm, or the arm moves the ball to ball. And that was the old rule that we used to have, ball to hand, or yeah. it was handball, like, you know. And then it says, like, if it touches when they've made their body in an unnaturally bi- unnaturally bigger, a player is considered to have made their body in bigger when the position of the hand or arm is not a consequence or justifiable by the player's body movement for that specific situation. And by having this arm in a, in a in a sort of a different position for away from the body they run the risk of uh handball being penalized for handball but when it says things like this specific situation so in my mind interpreting that and this is where the subjective thing comes is i think of it's a natural reaction now if you're going to fall over you're going to put your hands down to stop to cushion your phone you're not going to fall flat on your face yeah mm-hmm. You know, when you went down, you showed us pictures of your knees and that. Like, I when you fell, I bet you put your arms out to stop you. I, d- I didn't. That's the. I didn't have time to wreck knees. I didn't have time. You need, you need to play it out back four then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, so something like that where you you're falling and you're putting. It's like to me, I would class it as some kind of defensive motion. So yeah. boots a ball at your face. Yeah. You're not going to stand there. Let it. You're going to put your arms up. You hmm. know, to protect yourself. And in my mind. The movement, that movement is specific to that situation. Mm. So that's not mm. handball. Yeah. Said it loads of times. If you're if you're a natural position of your arm, the only unnatural position of your arm is when it's not attached to your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Off, yeah. mm-hmm. Honestly, there's yeah. no there's so, no way. If they went back to the old rule and said, look, it's it's deliberate, did you deliberately handball it? Then it's it's you know it's 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 black and white then. So if you're protecting yourself, I'm sorry, but yeah. and it's like if you're on the edge of the eighteen yard box on the actual dead ball line, and you flick it up onto someone's hand, how does that equate to a to, to a mm. spot kick with you you and the keeper and no one else in the box? Like it's like whoa, it's like giving you a free goal in it. Yeah, you know, I, I think they've got to get a bit of cop common sense with. But like I say. When I was a kid, and that you had match of the day, you never had reviews. Mm. They never talked about the, the uh, referees and decisions and that. Now, 
all everything because it's such a, a huge profile. You know, mm. the game is so, so big and the players are superstars, aren't they? You know. But don't you think as well is like you just said there, they didn't show games on TV, didn't have like didn't have like even match of the day only had like a couple of games on, didn't it? It didn't, you know, they didn't have cameras going to every single ground. No. Now they need something to fill the time. Football has become a twenty four seven narrative because it goes all around the world. There'll be someone talking about it somewhere live at some at some time. Now it feels like they need a narrative. It is a soap opera. They need stories. The stories don't. If you took away, if you look at football and you said, right, what are the stories on the pitch? Who are the who are the people generating? The stories, we talk about this quite a lot. You know, sometimes when we're doing out of the show, it's like more than a game, and you look around at the shirts behind us. There's just these players that, when we were growing up, and the, they were characters, you'd pay money to watch those players. We often talk about players we've watched live and go, and, and go, oh my God, we've seen him live, or him, or I'm gutted I never got to see him live. Now, honest to God, there's about four players in the world that I'd I'd want to see live. Honestly, yeah, yeah. there's there's nobody out there that I'd go. Oh, you know what? I really even like Haaland. As much as he's a good player, he's not someone I go. Oh, I've got to go and watch that game because Haaland's playing in it. Whereas I I was like I, I remember the time I wanted to fly to bloody all around Europe and watch like Zlatan and and all these different players just because of the characters. Zlatan. I have seen score. Zlatan score past us. I, mm-hmm. I was I applauded it. Um, no, but like there was. But now I feel like there's Man City have got all the boss players. Liverpool have got a few boss players. Arsenal, yeah, they've got a couple of boss players, Man United, but there's no real characters. So therefore, you take away those characters that are not there. Where are the stories? All the stories are financial stories or refereeing stories. There's just no character about the game anymore. I don't think that's my personal view. I don't feel like there's there's characters. Like we've just been talking there. Imagine one of the Everton players in an interview said, this is a joke, this 10 point thing, and we want to get to the bottom of it. But we haven't, you know, the NFL you just mentioned, mentioned nearly, you've got at the moment the biggest story in the world almost is the fact that Taylor Swift's going out with an NFL player. It's took over the world. It's like this story. It's, do you reckon it's the uh, Super Bowl was the, the most watched single program since the moon landing? In 1916, I know that Basil Basil dispute that, but no, he'll dispute them going the moon. But there's no story. There's no stories in the. There's no sport stories in the Premier League anymore. All anyone ever talks about is the financial stuff, whether it, you've broken it or what kind of money you've got or what the referee did or didn't do. Mm. No one's actually talking about the football because no. it's shite. Because mm. every week, unless you're watching Manchester City, very very little happens. It's the Forest game. It was a 3-2 win for, for uh, Newcastle. And all he wanted to talk about at the end of the game was the fact that Forest didn't get a penalty, which they should have got, by the way. But that was the talking point, not the five goals. They wanted to talk about the one that didn't count. And that's what's wrong with the game at the moment. And like you've just said there, they, said this, this didn't used to happen. We allow narratives to dictate the game. And we talk about the things that didn't happen for days and penalties that weren't happening for days we don't talk about the football anymore because actually without anyone noticing or maybe a few people did it's crap yeah you know yeah. when you talk about there you also go on i i was i wanted i wanted to embrace var thinking that yeah would help, i did mm, it's yeah it's, it's just giving people more of a reason to spread the narrative or, no. or push the club this i I'll, I'll be fair and call it 
well, I'll be kind and call it unconscious biasness. It is. That's what know? it is. That's you what know? it is. Um, what can you do with it? It's just like, like I say, it, it is broken. I mean, the fact mm. that, like you were saying the other day, that Greel is sitting on the bench, and he's to me, he's a, he's he's decent, but he's he's not a superstar. He wouldn't go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, anyone like that. He was worth more than all of our team, and mm. it just shows you how how really bad the league is. If you go back to 1930-31, you'll see that Everton came up from the second division that year and won the first division the following year. That was one of our league wins. Mm. We came up, we were promoted from the second division and we won the first division, you know. And like in the mm. late, I think it was still, was it the late six? Was it the late fifties, early sixties? Liverpool spent about seven or eight years in this in the second division. Yeah, you know, just floundering around. It's it's a different thing now. It's mm. the, the the gulf is is absolutely enormous, and you just end up with super duper teams, and they will yeah. end up with this global league eventually because oh, yeah. they always want the biggest ticket in town, and that they don't want to put Dross on the telly. They want the Aston Liverpool's and, but- and the, you know. Them, them games, not like, you, not, um... like you've just mentioned there, though, it is the American formula. The American form there is, they don't actually care about winning trophies, as in the owners. The owners care about making money every single year. That's all they care about. The well, NFL I, is. Well, do you notice who they give the trophies? Yeah, so? I, it always winds me up. It always <laughs> winds me up every year. I think it's the biggest yeah. kick in the bollocks yeah. franchises and all this. It, it yeah. annoys me, but. The owners in American sports don't care who wins because they see it as a fair platform where they'll probably it'll probably come round and they probably will win, but ultimately it comes down to every year they get that big fat check, and that's but if all. But just the way they play their leagues, though, they play it in a way, and golf's gone that way with the playoffs and that now. Yeah, they keep it going. They don't yeah. want the so winning a catch twenty two here. You want the big clubs, but you don't want the league to end. So what are mm. you going to do if it's City? You know, we're, we're lucky that City lost a few games this year. You know, yeah. because in years gone by, they'd have had it sewn up by now. Well, City's <laughs> the fact that City get we talk about it quite often. The fact that City get quite bored in the first half of the season is. The only thing that keeps the Premier League going as a as a as something to watch, it's those games where they just go, we're bored, and you 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 can actually see, and we saw it at Goodison, didn't we? You actually see the flick of the switch now with Manchester City. Mm-hmm. It literally is a flick of a switch, and it shows you that for the first half of the season, it's almost just like not half arsed, but. They're probably still recovering from the season before, and the managers allowing different players to play. And at some point, he just goes, lads. Play my best team every week, which now hasn't got Jack Grealish, uh, funny enough, as you just said there. And they go, we're playing our best team, and that's it. We've got over the fact that we've let a couple of our big hitters go in the summer, but now that's it. Everyone sort yourselves out, and we're going to go and win this title. And if it wasn't for that first half of the season, uh, Man City would have it sewn up by now. It's it's, it's just... It might be down to the to the amount of games that they kind of play. No, that's it. Yeah, the Champions League having all these, you know, that they're going to have even more games as well, aren't they now and stuff like that? So mm. it's you basically need two squads. I mean, we haven't even got one squad. You're putting two, <laughs> you're putting two but you're putting two keepers on the bench. What, what yeah, yeah. No, yeah. What you've, if he's not even trusting the kids in that play. Yeah, that's true. I know. And Patterson can't get on in that. Could point, you? So can you imagine? Sorry, no one you first went to start watching football, right? In, do you, could you, if someone had said to you in the sixties, like the late sixties, a time will come in football where two goalkeepers will sit on Everton's bench. 
you'd probably the first thing you'd say, well, what's a bench? Because they didn't have them back then. <laughs> had, but but could you soap, yeah. could you one, imagine one, if one someone had, yeah. could you imagine though someone had said to you, yeah. you're gonna have two goalkeepers? That's where football's gonna go. You're gonna have two because you'd think if someone had said that to me when I was a kid, I'd go. Oh my God! Something must be happening in football in the future. I don't know. Like, like I did every the, all the centre forwards are ultraviolet, ultraviolet, ultraviolet. ultraviolet. Yeah, they just they ultra blind violet. the goalies. They blind the goalies. Ultra. And that's seats. Yeah, seats showing Firmino up. in every squad. Yeah, yeah. You would. You'd be like, what? You'd be like, why? Why? Why did he need? Or the goalies are suddenly so good as outfield as well. Mm, that you have like, one on the bench. You just yeah. goalie in and the out. Things that we just accept in football now are absolutely mad, aren't they? It's the same thing as fourth is success. I'm asking mm. that when you start to go on, mate. Finish fourth. That's your aim. Got the seventies for Everton would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'd have been buzzing. We'd been buzzing. They had, the t- they had the temerity to call it the Champions League when no. you know, it was no. like seventy-five percent of them weren't champions. Yeah, that's know, it. Yeah. In the thingy, so. Yeah, it is just, mad. It's a, it's a crazy sort of uh, world. We've just missed the boat. We've been mismanaged. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did. Years ago, you well, know, players like Alan Ball and Gary Lineker. I was dead upset with Gary Lineker when he left and that. But then mm-hmm. it comes out that the, the club sold him. Yeah, it was a Howard switch. sold him because he thought sold he was going Howard to thought he was going to be the manager, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Swiss, another Swiss. Well, that's it. We've. It's not. A, it means a lot of this isn't a new thing. We've we've self sabotaged ourselves for a lot of our. Their history, certainly post-war history, we've 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 sabotaged ourselves thinking that thinking that we were always going to be the top dog. I mean, yeah, it, we self sabotage we self sabotage that way going in the room in the Premier League. I I remember when we got Tony Cossey from West Ham, and, yeah. and I was I was ranting with rage because he only scored twenty goals. In yeah, the we were talking about this the other day. Talking about it with Ned, we were talking about we were talking about uh, I think it was last week on round the tower. We were talking about uh, pivotal moments or or moments at Everton's history. You know, I actually said when we bought those four players in in eighty eight. You know, when you look back, the drop off in those four players who at the time all seemed like decent players, and Cotty was a decent player, but the drop off to what we had just a year before, and then suddenly those years then from. 88, I know we got to the cup final in 89, but, but those years into the Premier League years just were like lost years. You couldn't, apart from if they weren't wearing certain kits, and I know some kits were worn for multiple years, but you could pick a game out and you go, I don't remember what year this was because the team just was just a weird hybrid of some of the players left over from the 80s to new players we bought in the late 80s to where it was just like, do you know what I mean? It was like we lost yeah, that. Thing- I think we had self-destruct yeah. uh, mm. when the European band came in because yeah. we had a lot of our key players going. Yeah. Where you know, is... Now, whether that was for them to play European football or what, but we mm. couldn't We couldn't keep... Because arguably, and in my mind, they were the yeah. best team in But the Liverpool world never time. did, they? Liverpool bought all the best players in England. Beardsley, Barnes, Alders. Okay, Rush yeah. went, but he was soon coming home, and ironically mm. to Everton, till they stepped in. Yeah. But um, you know. again... We 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 went. Oh no, you can. We were about it last week. We were telling Ned about Peter E going to QPR, being one of the weirdest mm. decisions anyone's ever made at the football club. Because Stu, because we brought Stuart McCall, that has got to be one of the worst decisions anyone's mm. ever made at this football club. And he went on and had a, a career for about six or seven more years. I know, crackers, yeah. absolutely yeah. crackers. And I'll probably be in that water with a lot of Everton fans, especially the older ones here. I was at the Bayern Munich match, and mm. we, we sought to glorify that match. I'm telling you now. That wasn't a special match because we 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 were doing that week in week yeah. out. Mm. 
wasn't it? Yeah, like series double free kick where he's yeah. right mm-hmm. in, and then he yeah. it back. And I called it. I was in the upper bullens then. And they called mm-hmm. to me, mate. I said he's going to do the same thing again, bang straight in there. Yeah. And I thought, what a foot! Mm. No, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't that special to me because it was. It was a great game and it was a great result and you know under the lights mm-hmm. and all that. But I'm telling you now, that's what we did in those days. We yeah. were absolutely boss. So anyway, anyway, thanks, lads. Thanks, you've made mate. me thanks, feel guys. utterly miserable. Take it but easy, though. Thank you. Just <laughs> <laughs> put some old videos. Yeah, on yeah, like gonna, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. See you all later. Right, cheers, mate. Out. See you yeah. later. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. There you go. Uh, reminiscing. Great. Great, great. What are you? What are you doing, here, Ned? Um, what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Just, oh, that's good. Just, that, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, doing that. Um, What's got to do with those? But the Blues says, "Imagine raging that a striker only scored twenty goals." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should the thing few. about it is, though, Cotty didn't score goals genuinely in the big games. He used to score. He was a flat sack bully, but imagine having a flat sack bully. Well, mate. No, no. Well, someone was we haven't even got a bully. Never mind. Someone was saying the other day. Bleeding. So we haven't got a track for Manchester a bully to run on. Well, listen to this for flat track yeah, no. bullies. Manchester United have only beaten. Villa was the first time they'd beaten anyone in the top nine this season. Mm. Right? And look where they are in the league. And that's by going about beating the teams that you support. David Moyes had that, had that absolutely mm. down through with T for us. Yeah. And he's done it with best Ham. Mm. In general. But uh, it'd be incredible incredible to just have someone who you go doesn't score for four games but then he gets 11 in three games you know what I mean mm. that was Cotty Cotty would be a nine he'd get nine goals in five games Cotty and then he wouldn't score for like three or four games yeah. then he'd get four now bloody hell if, if a striker had nine shots in five games I'd be celebrating him I know me I know we ask for we ask for goals we don't even get shots from our centre forward I know oh well Anyway. Right, we've got another call. It's the night for it. It is Alex, I believe. Alex, are you there? The show for it, yeah. And what do you want to say? Can you hear me, boys? Yeah. We can hear you, yeah. yeah Go yeah. ahead, mate. What do you want to say? Wonderful. A um, couple of things. One about Dom. Hmm? Yeah, it's go like on. He had one good season. Um, he's got 18 months left on his deal. Hmm? Last when he came back from his injury with Lampard, it, you could just tell he looked so good. Mm-hmm. Like he just he, those, those little touches, those bits, hold up play. Yeah, it feels at the moment he just it's just bouncing off him. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like I, I called in a while back and spoke about Awobi and do we keep him or do we sell him? And I kind yeah. of feel like it was the right thing for the for the club to to move away from things we've done in the past where we've let players run out of their contracts and leave for free. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously now with, with, with FFP and stuff. Um, what, what do you boys think about Dom? How would you feel if we got to the summer? We don't know. You know let's assume he stayed up. Um, yeah. We don't have line of sight to the next uh, striker we want to buy, but maybe we've got a little bit more disposable cash. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if someone came in and gave us 30 million quid for a Done. First of all, before we start, can I say that sometimes you sound like Stephen Merchant there? So I'm now pitching <laughs> Stephen Merchant. So that's brilliant, Alex. But I will now get onto your Last point. Last time I called in, I yeah. got that lad from that Chelsea Chelsea guy on Talksport. Uh, Rory? No, you're not Gareth Rory Jennings. No. Oh, sorry. okay, okay. No, no. <laughs> Defo Stephen Merchant. But I'm all David. I'm I'm here for that. Uh, if we look at Dom at Everton, 
Uh, one goal in 11 in his first season, but he was, it was sub. 8 and 44, 8 and 38, 15 and 41, 21 and 39. And then the injuries have kicked in 5 and 18, 2 and 18. He's got 4 and 25 this season. Mm-hmm. He's having an absolutely woeful run at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, why Alex's touches all over the place. He's not attacking things the way he once was. I think it might be down to a bit of confidence. I certainly think the way we play doesn't suit him. Uh, I think just hoofing a ball and hoping that he can do something with it when you haven't got runners isn't really playing to his strengths. I think his best season, Carlo knew that if you got in wide areas and put the ball into dangerous areas and he was there, he'd score. That being said, there's got to be a decision soon hasn't it on him like you said we're running out of he's got 18 months left Um, what do we do I mean I, I think Everton want him to sign a new deal because he's 26 and obviously you're trying to protect the asset but I don't know if Everton got an offer of 20 million in the summer 25 million I'm not saying he mm. would but just say he I did I think we have to offer him an, what do you do I think we have to offer him a new contract first mm. and then See where that and then see us. where it we where that where it lies, isn't mm-hmm. it? Really, um, I t- see the thing about him is as much as people, well, as bad form as he's in, I just don't know right now where Everton find another striker. Like, and I know the people, and yeah, there will be will be them out there. But mm. the fact the money we paid for Beto and he doesn't look anywhere near ready to play in the Premier League. It's another one, though, where we just don't create anything. That's and what I'm, I'm not, saying. But he, I, think it's ge- I think it's general No, his general game. play's not as good as it's Dom. It's not as good as no. Dom. And I think if he wasn't there, I think it, things would people would be even harsher on Dominic Cavalry. But I think when they see Beto, they see just pure rawness. And I think he hmm. that gives you a good gauge of why Dom <laughs> does play. Hmm. Do you, Dom's been brought through and played, and we took the edges off him while he was playing a lot of the time. Um, if a really good bid came in, the question would be if a really good bid... Th- this is where I think the issue is. Everton will take a good bid for Onan in the summer. Okay, If a stupid bid came in for Brantwaite, they might take that as well. If a stupid, stupid bid, I'm talking about, come in for him. Not saying the kid wants to go, but I think he could do with another year at Everton because I don't think he walks in any team just right now. I think he could have should have another year. So the idea of losing them two and then Dom going as well, yes, you get to you get a nice little bit of money in your pocket. But with everything equal, that's three of your starting team going and you'd have to replace all of them in the same mm. summer. And people might say, well that's that'd be good because we we we'd have money to get like a striker first of all. Mm. But that's a spine. And that's the only thing that worries me yeah, is yeah. that Onana is gonna go this summer. I'm, yeah, I'm yes. 99.9 sure of it. Mm. Um, 99.9 so what percent, or just 99.9? Just an ice cream. Okay. Um, and that's my only issue is that if we were to let him go this summer, that's that's more rebuilding at a very delicate time for the football club. So offer him a new contract and see where we are but it's who we get to replace him and I don't know if there's a lot of people out there who would come into this Everton team and score goals because the service he gets is non-existent absolutely non-existent you only have to look at his heat maps he's never in the box because there's no need for him to be in the box because the way we play allows the opposition to step 10 yards higher up the pitch 
It's as simple as that. We we play halfway halfway in the opposition's half because it's all long balls. We haven't got the width to get behind teams. We don't have the fullbacks to get behind teams. So we've cut, and that's why Dom's so important to the way we play because he actually we play long to him and he gets the ball and then gives it to the midfield or gives it to the wide men. He's got um, he got fifty goals in two hundred games for Evan in the Premier League. 64 and 234. So it was one in four. And the last three seasons, he's got eight goals. Uh, sorry, he's got 10 goals in the last three seasons in 33 appearances. Mm. It's just, you know, he's had, he had a terrible injury and, and he, you know, it, it, I just, for me personally, I just think the manager hasn't done him any favours this season. And I know you can say, well, Beto's, Beto's not ready, so therefore Dom has to keep playing. I think as a striker, when you're playing and the goal starts getting smaller and smaller, mm. you need to be taken out to refresh it. Mm-hmm. Because the more games you play, it is on your mind then. There's more minutes gone by. There's another 20 minutes. There's half time. I haven't scored the second. Yeah. And then you're subbed. Yeah. Your head goes down again. It's my number. You see it on Saturday, you even know. He was getting less and less effective at City on Saturday. He looked disappointed when yeah. his number come up. And he's just always dragged off now. Yeah. Whereas I think the manager, like say against Palace on Monday, could throw a little curveball out and give Beto kind of an hour and have Dom coming off the bench for half an hour. And that might reset it for him. I, I imagine the manager will start with Dom. But I just think when the runs... 17 games is a long time yeah, yeah. without a goal. It really is. You, you, you're yeah. shot with that. You're gone. You're gone. And it's not even really, like we I, can rely on penalties because we don't even get a believing yeah. penalty for them. So, well, yeah. You know. You remember the 3-0 game Lampard against... Uh, when we had Lampard against Crystal Palace? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was just... It wasn't even what he was doing in the 18-yard box. It was those mm. little touches yeah, on the yeah. halfway line. He was brilliant. It's, like, it, it, it's almost like that they're the bits that I that I miss with Dom. I'm like, you know, bouncing off his foot, trying to take the ball in. You're like that. They're the bits we need him to help us to get yardage up the pitch, even if it's not necessarily goals. And that's the bit I'm just watching and thinking. And that that miss was it? Was it? Was it actually against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup where he just skied it over? I think he thought he was offside or something, but he just. Blazed it over from about three yards. Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. Um, look, maybe maybe this stuff with FFP is part of the issue because who was the lad from Coventry who's gone on to Portugal and scored about hundred goals? Jacares. We were talked to get him. It, uh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Dice not helping, but. I just look at the Everton team now on the dice and I look what's going on with West Ham and Moyes and I'm thinking Parky's got better, Branthwaite, Mikulenko, Garner, Idrissa Gay, Harrison, <coughs> Dwight McNeil when he, last season particularly. I think he, he's made all of them look better. We look like we're actually trying to do something. It's just there's certain players that you think like Dom and you think he's, for every reason he's just not kicking on. And right now with where things are, if you're not kicking on, you just need to get gone. I hate the idea of us getting rid of Dom. I love Dom. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're not doing the business, I, I think though, considered an asset, mm-hmm. you just got to go. 
I agree with most of that. I mean, I, I, I disagree with Dwight McNeil this season. I think he's been very poor this season. Yeah, he's had yeah. a couple of moments around December. He scored a couple of cracking goals. But he's had two injuries this season mm. that have knocked him back. And obviously, he's got a hell of a lot of stuff going off the, on off the pitch, which you don't blame at the lad. It's... In a face, he's a he's a human being, and if your if your um, girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call it, is struggling the way she's had the stuff she's had going on, I've got no issue with the fact that his mind may well be elsewhere. Some of the other players, yeah, he's improved. You know, things have got better with Sean Dyche. Dom, I actually think is at times has looked. One thing you have to say for Sean Dyche is. Dom's fit and strong and playing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he wasn't yeah. under Benitez and he wasn't under Lampard. He come in, looked good, but yeah. then was out again. Frank Lampard did play a more expansive style than Sean Dyche. Therefore, Dom was involved more. That's what you have to remember. Who's getting better results, Sean Dyche? So it's because if you look at the way Everton play, and this is my criticism to Dyche, and it might not be him, it might be the players, but if it isn't the players, the onus is on him anyway, mm. if it is the players rather, is that when we knock a long ball up to Dom and he flicks it, who's he flicking it to? Because no yeah. one's running. No one runs beyond them. So I don't know what they want him to do. I'm yet to see a centre forward have a ball knocked 70 yards up to him who can jump, cushion it on his head, pull it down on his feet, and then go off on a run and score a goal. They have to flick it, or they knock it down to someone, or if they can, they take it on the chest. The the most basic thing in football when you're playing off a striker or you, you've got two centre-forwards is you run past the lad who's, whose job it is to go and win the header. Mm. And yeah. we don't have that. The core eight doesn't even really... He doesn't do it at home, he does it better away. But especially when Decore's not in the side, Dom is isolated. So I can sit here and go, I think he should be taken out. But I also look and think, he's having a hard time. He scored a goal at Spurs that there was the referee on the pitch and the linesman didn't feel there was anything wrong with it until Michael Oliver did. And he scored a header against Spurs last week, which hit Jack Harrison's bollock on the way in and didn't change course and all. <laughs> And and that would have been two goals that he would have had as well in the mix. And maybe his confidence is in a different place. However, they, they didn't stand and he hasn't scored. So uh, while I do think he needs to be taken out and he needs to improve his performances, I do also think just the very nature of the structure, that the way we play, we don't help Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's no surprise that more expansive managers had better return out of him. Mm-hmm. Carlo wasn't massively expansive, but he knew patterns of play. He knew how to get the best out of players. John Dyke's very much a defensive manager, which is why our defence is excellent under Sean Dyke. The forward play is is poor, in my opinion. Um, that's just where we are. So naturally, our strikers will suffer. I think you could put bet. I'm not saying Beto's great, by the way, but you could put Beto in a team that creates chances and he'd probably score goals because he did, you know, he got double figures and stuff in Italy. I think he put the ball in the net and I think Dom would get more goals in a, a team that created four or five chances a game for him where he's lucky if he gets one for Everton or two. Mm. So, but, but that being said, he's not playing well either. 
But listen, Alex, listen. He could take the decision out of our hands, mate. We offer him a contract and he doesn't want to stay. Then you do have to go, right, where you're up for sale. So, you know, let's see what happens there. Just a quick question on the um, appeal. Yeah. Obviously, the bit that confuses me is our net spend on transfers is so low. Um, the the stadium, the talk that we were assured during our, when we were under special measures, that the allowable losses on the stadium were permitted and then that was changed. Mm. Um where we lose, if you take, let's imagine the stadium allowable losses were actually, they look at the PL and say, actually, you were given the wrong guidance by the, by the Premier League. You look at your net spend. Mm. Where where else are we losing loads of money? Stadium. Where's all the money going? Stadium. It's, it, it. But, the but like West Ham, for example, West yeah. Ham don't own their stadium. No. Nope. So they're in a situation where they don't have an asset. That's, just, yeah, but they, they just, just loan it. They just pay rent, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't so, so, so I just find it really difficult to, like, in a Premier League situation, because there was mm. the, the comment earlier about who wants to look after Everton. Mm. I'm like, but surely someone must be looking at this game. We've got all this out overseas investment coming in. Mm. We've got one team that's about to have one of the best stadiums in the whole of Europe and mm. we're forcing them out of the league because yeah. we're changing the rules on how they how they're able to offset money on the stadium. Mm. Like, it seems bonkers. No, I, I suppose the question I've got around this is, if, if the appeal is based on the fact that we're saying, no, no, wait a second, the way we've run the club has not breached FFP in terms of on the field, it's mm. our off-field in terms of how we finance the stadium. Yeah. Why are we even talking about getting half points or four points? It mm. should be all ten back. No, it's, mm. it's absolutely. You're absolutely right. The... Uh, the whole thing that everybody is, not everybody, that people have missed with this is PSR, Profit and Sustainability, FFP, however you want to dress it up, right, was put in place as a financial security to stop your club going out of business. That was That's the whole point of it. In the Premier League handbook, which is 346 pages, it's mentioned eight times in the whole thing. Never once in that handbook is PSR put together with sporting advantage. It's about keeping a football club from allegedly going out of business. I mean, a Premier League club would never go out of business anyway, but that is what the design of it is for. Therefore, how can you equate building a stadium to a sporting um, sanction? Which it just blows my mind how you can take points off clubs for something that is a physical thing. Now people can go, well, your wages are high. Well, Everton's wages at the moment are around eighty-three percent of turnover, I believe. So I've been told. Um, it doesn't matter to me if Everton's wages are a hundred percent of the turnover. I mean, it shouldn't. That should never be any. By the way, that is not a good. If you if you're a business owner and your wages, you're not making a penny ever, are you? But what I mean by that is. As long as you can get to nil with your outgoings and incomings, you should be okay. The problem, the way the Premier League have done it, this metric is there purely to keep you from going under. Yet what they're doing to Everton is jeopardising that. We are building a stadium. Now, right at the very beginning of this, Everton had a conversation with the Premier League. 
about where the stadium build led mm. or sort of sat in terms of the monetary outgoings. Mm. And the Premier League agreed that Everton could put it in a certain box that wouldn't affect the PSR because they are building a three quarters of a billion pound stadium, which is quite a lot of money. Halfway through the reporting period and halfway through the stadium build, the Premier League have now turned round because there is an independent regulator coming over the hill. Turned round to Everton and said, you can't put that there. It's got to go in this box, which puts you over your spend over. And, and the, the, the dead, I said this right before, Alex, the dead simple thing with this is if Everton weren't building the stadium, would they have failed? PSR and the answer is no. So everything else get, doesn't matter. I get, all that. I get all that, but then surely that means our first appeal or our first um, arguing in a case mm. was just a disaster. I, it, I, and this I think it was. It's so difficult because you read all these different things, but there was a comment. It was one thing I read or heard that was um, we we felt we needed to go and do something because our midfielder wasn't good enough. Mm. You're like, well, what has that got to do with the stadium? Yeah, no, like, you're absolutely right. It but sounds that, like, it sounds like the way we, we conducted it no, was just a bit of a joke. Alex, you're right. I don't think our defence was robust in our, in the first Ironically. one. Ironically, which is normally the best. We should have got Sean Dykes actually to yes. go in where they've been fine. <laughs> but I think the problem is, and, and the issue you've got here, right, is that David Ornstein kind of trotted this line out as well when he was on the overlap. Everton had, for argument's sake, 27 million for Luca Dean. And instead of just playing a kid out the academy at left back, <laughs> yeah, they, went, that they went and bought two players and that spent instead 27 million. Instead of just million. Ned out of the crowd <laughs> that was it. and playing him at right back. And you're like, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did go and buy two fullbacks, mate. But we got 27. The way it works, rightly or wrongly, on a on a balance sheet is on a, balance, Vi- sheet? On a balance sheet like Grant Ingles. Um, ironically, it's yeah, Grant Ingles doing yeah. it. You get twenty seven. Yeah. We get twenty seven million pound in, right? Twenty seven million pound comes in, and Everton buy two players, but their outlay for those two players is six million pound a year. Okay, on on. Uh, amortization. So we have to pay six million pounds that summer. We have to pay six million pounds the summer after until we get to the fee. Okay. So the real yeah, profits yeah. on that balance sheet is twenty-seven million pound in, six million pound out. Therefore, leaving a profit of twenty-one million. So you say to the Premier League, we just raised twenty million pound there back into our accounts. Don't say to us, well, you shouldn't have bought those other two players for six million because then you'd be six million better off. Because that is nonsense. That isn't how football works. And this is where Everton's case is different to Forrest. Forrest have just come in and gone, we're buying 411 players. And there's the money, and it's gone. Now, we can argue all day whether Forrest should have been allowed to because they're trying to get up and stay up. That's a different thing. Everton are building a stadium, and that's where a lot of our money has gone to. Without that, we don't fail. You can throw all other things in. And that's just the way it is. And also, don't on forget... That, on, that, on that basis, yeah. surely the appeal just ends with us getting 10 points back. Because it's then a question of saying, look, the, the defence of where we were at before is we, we after all the adjustable allowances, we were 19 million over. Mm. Those those adjustable allowances have nothing to do with players, incomings, outgoings, 
agent fees, all those other things. Of course, during that period, we had massive fees in paying off outgoing managers. Which sure which killed us as well. That's killed us as well, but yeah. Um, but that, that notwithstanding, like th- this, those 19 million are adjustable losses that we were told by the Premier League mm-hmm. were acceptable. And you can't go through the build of a stadium and then have those those things changed no way you just no. you, like you, you physically is impossible you cannot mm. have that type of situation yeah so, so I, I just find it like i i just what you're talking about with luca dean like mm. i've had to learn about about how to how amortization of, of yeah balance sheet assets works like, i'm a football fan yeah mm. i just want to watch and then watch players football. go out and run their bollocks off and and if we win we win if we we, we lose at least we lose with some effort and some you know a little bit of and take and if we take our chances something happens i i just find it i i almost feels to me and as i've gone through all this it almost feels to me that what the premier league should have done is said city we know you, we, we can't empirically prove but we know you guys have been up to naughtiness chelsea mm-hmm. you've actually come out and said you're naughty but it wasn't on our watch so it's not really the same you've got man city man united flying close to it and all the other clubs by the way are saying it's almost like there should have been a very public, we are going to draw a line here. Mm. We're going to introduce in-season accounting. Yeah. And let me be absolutely unequivocal. The first team that gets FFP wrong in-season will get a 20-point 20 point, 20 point penalty. So it's almost like, a, and I, I disagree or agree with how City got to where they're at, to mm. a point where you've got a £100 million player sitting on the bench. Mm. I, mean, I, I was looking at a City team going, Ake, 60 million, Diaz, 50 million, mm. Edison, 40 million. You know, you go through it and you think, surely you just can't see that sustainable across no. the season when you've got that type of talent, right? But that notwithstanding, it's almost like, a, how can you have any credibility to take points off any club with Chelsea and City being the way they are? If you can't address that, if you can't square that off, it should just be a, right, everyone, there's no points now, but let me be absolutely clear. Next season, anyone falls out of line, it's 10 points straight away. No arguments. It doesn't matter if you're City, doesn't matter if you're Luton. This is the game. And then it's and mm. then you move forward. Mm. And maybe we get lucky because it's just after the season we've built our stadium, what have you. But to me, like I, I get your point around not running out of money, but stadium bills shouldn't be stadium bills should not be accountable to um, you know, on field game. You know, to me, no, the way I on. see PSR is Leeds. Do you remember Leeds? Mm. Robbie Fowler, Robbie yeah. Keane, mm. all these lads. And you're like, mm. you're just going and trying to buy the league. Mm. Like, and then all of a sudden it was built on sand and, and look where they ended up. That's what PSR is about. Not, mm. not oh, we want to build a stadium to you know house more of our amazing fans, to be able to uh, bid for Euros and World Cups because we've got an incredible infrastructure because it's great for the city and it's great for development and, and bringing great concerts and whatever else it is that Spurs have done. To me, that's that's actually helping teams like Everton compete with the top six. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have... We, those things should just be considered. If you want to build a stadium, you have to finance it and it has to be... You know, your owners have to put the money down in escrow to avoid yeah. the situation where you just physically run out of money. But if, if they're prepared to do that, it should have no uh, interference with the balance and the, the balance sheet mm. and the the operational running of the club. I think you're absolutely spot on. I've said this before. I can't get my head round it. 
other people will, will say, oh no, but it's whatever. I honestly cannot get my head around the fact that you are building a football club out of almost out your own pocket. Well, you know, it is out of Everton's own pocket. We're the ones who, you know, Farad Mashiri and, and Everton are building that stadium. And yet, that is, they're equating bricks and mortar yeah. and barreled roofs and all that to what goes on on the pitch. We, we were talking I, about I this earlier before we were saying, off air, before we were talking about and saying, the, um, the test, the owner's test, is is uh, paradoxical because why do you need an owner's test to see if someone's got money and then have PSR? Surely if these people have money and you've proved they've got money, then why do you need PSR? If PSR is to stop clubs going bust, well, you said they had money. You proved they had money. You're doing a stringent test. They're doing a very stringent test on 777 at the moment. Whether you agree, whether you disagree, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They are doing a very stringent test on 777 to prove that they've got money. So therefore, you either get rid of the stringent test and then have everyone have PSR. Therefore, they should no one should ever have any problems. Or you have a stringent test and you don't have PSR because you've already proved, Premier League, that all these people have got money to look after themselves yeah. forever. And if, if, if clubs end up in a bad situation that is on them they cause this and if that's Everton if Everton put themselves in a situation then that's on them and it's on any yeah. club it's on art it's on Birmingham City it's on Manchester City it's on Portsmouth if they put themselves in a situation which means they can't afford to pay the bills and they go on administration and they drop down the leagues that's on them that's not on you the Premier League because you give them you know that you give them 10 points because they fail PSR you give them 9 points because they've gone into administration and we all agree that's fair I think I think we've all said that before I think we all probably agree on that let the let the chips fall where they may. If you're a if you're a if you're a run well run club, why should you be punished? And I'm not saying ever now a well club, run club, but why should you be punished by these rules? Because you are you are looking after yourselves and you are pushing yourself up the table. You get to that point where you can't push anymore. Why is that? I don't understand. I just I can't get my head around that in football. I just can't get my head round the idea. That a football club needs to sell it one of its best assets because it can't sell as many shirts as Manchester United and as Liverpool mm. and as Manchester City and as Arsenal. Take out Man City. That's been, away, that's been away for decades, though. But that's what I'm right, saying. But that, but that's fine. Yeah, but that's fine if it's if it's a if it's a natural thing of if it's a natural thing of we are a small club and we have to sell one of our big assets because it's our plan, like Brighton. That's fine, yeah. but it shouldn't take yeah. someone coming along going, oh, see this balance sheet here? It says you can't buy this one player mm. because you've gone as far as you can on the on the game of snakes and ladders, essentially, because that's what the Premier League is now. It's snakes and ladders. And yeah. you could, and six snakes. It is, and there's six snakes, and they're sending everyone down, down the ladders, uh, down the snakes, because that, that's where we are right now. I just... It's not but, like but it's, you're actually right because because you look at you look at what this is doing is actually curtailing free market yeah. like decision making because you know I, I appreciate he wasn't uh, the I think it was the Anthony deal that that stopped this but let's imagine that the money 
that the money uh, counters didn't allow us to go and get that lad kudos from mm. Ajax. Yeah. We get mm. him for 12 million and he's now a 50 million asset. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, you can't spend that 12 million because um, you're building the stadium. Okay. okay. We've got, we've just missed out on a 50 million asset. How do we get, you know, how do we get that back? Mm. How do we, we miss out on, we miss out on players because the only way we can afford them is saying we'll we'll give you twenty five million as so long as we don't have to pay you any of it in the first year. Mm. Like yeah, you, you, how many how many how many great t- players have we missed out on because we just couldn't structure the payments in a way to to meet this obligation? I just think it's nuts, and and I'm curious if you were to apply the same level of rules to Arsenal when they built their stadium, mm-hmm. if you applied the same rules. To perhaps the way Spurs built theirs. It, if you applied rules to teams that effectively walked into, you know, clubs like like um, the Etihad, which was after the Commonwealth Games, I think, and, and obviously the Olympics for West Ham. Yeah, it's not the same. No. It's, and, and but as an Everton fan right now, for people that are a don't care and b just listen to what comes out of the radio, it's like we break the rules, so you deserve the fine. And you're like, lads, look at look at our balance sheet. Look at our look at how we've traded in players. Like look at our Anthony team. Gordon out. Look at our team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three years ago, Carlo Ancelotti was managing us and we had Hamas Rodriguez. Richarlison, yeah, Moise Keane. No, but I'm saying I feel uncomfortable that because I'm like Moise Keane was a, I watched five minutes of Moise Keane and mm. realised he he was a he was a bad egg from the minute I saw him in terms of the way I, I was like, is this lad genuinely a footballer? Yeah, Andre Gomez. I mean, we all got fooled into Andre Gomez in, after that first season, and he turned out to be a bit of a dud. Well, we so I think the Jeff one thing Austin, I know. No, we've made Mr. Alex. We've don't get me wrong, we haven't bought well. But I think the Gomez thing as well, though. We are. We did all forget that his season that he was on loan. He did have a Drisagana gay play next to him, mm-hmm. doing all of the running and all of the fires yeah. putting out, and we just let Gomez get on the ball, and we had other attacking players that brought. He he helped along the way. He just didn't offer enough goals, assists, whatever. No issue with that. We, what Walls was saying is the squad. We had a lot of players, so we could cope with certain things. We had the, we had Richarlison and Walcott, whether you liked them or not. But we had Bernard. We had you know we had players attackers. Mm-hmm. We had options. Gilfie Sigurdsson. We have cut it. That's my thing. We've cut and cut and cut to try and stay in line with these stupid rules that aren't fit for purpose and are only fit to help teams at the top who are wealthy. That's all it is. And what we're saying is the rest yeah. of you, you can't have them shiny things. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted the competitive league, you'd put a wage you put a, a, a wage cap in as well as a spend cap. BC, BC, and that I would be the, it. The, silver, the final point in this is I think the silver lining of all this is actually uh, the, the academies. You know, Jared Branthwaite. Mm-hmm. John Stones, other players like that. I appreciate it weren't pure academy players, but mm. um, it, it does put a focus back on the academy players now to say, mm. A, we, we can't just spend for free, so we have to actually build some really good academy players, but B, yeah. geez, the next time we go and sell a Jared Bradway or the next time we go and sell you know, that type of player, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be cash rich for years to come. Like, mm. We'll be able to go nuts. Um, and and I think that puts some emphasis back on that. But yeah, look, I just I I just find it difficult because when I read on and listen to all this stuff, I'm like, like I know we haven't been particularly well run, 
But when I come on Toffee TV and I hear you boys say, look, no, 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 seriously, if it wasn't for the stadium, we'd be on the right side of the line. This whole mm. thing would be someone else's problem. Mm. It's, you find it hard to understand which version of it is is to be believed because you're mm. like, yeah. Have well, you the, just, have the you basic, just all up? yeah, the basic figures tell you that though. I mean, I'm not, I don't profess to be a financial expert in any way shape or form Alex mate honestly I don't and I, I don't want to be I want to talk about wingers we should be buying the number 10s and midfielders you can get around the pitch and ones that cost Everton 5 million and not 35 million because we've been terrible at bringing them in but the other people far more intelligent than me on the numbers side just give me that thing is without the stadium Everton would be PSR positive. If you look at just do it on player trading, player trading, Everton a third bottom in the last five years for net spend. Third, Brighton and Luton have spent less than Everton in in, in net. Right, that's it. If you just want to take the accounts from the twenty two twenty three season that year, Everton are twenty five million pound in the black. Manchester, uh, sorry, Chelsea are six hundred million in the red for that one season. Nottingham Forest, a hundred and ninety-four million in the red for that one period. Right? It's it's all out. These are all facts that are out there, and this just goes on and it goes on. So the period that they're looking at, if you're player trading, which let's be honest, that's all that really matters in mm. this is your player trading. Everton have been. Posit- almost positive for five seasons and yet we are caught up in a cycle where it's negative so once you factor in the negative cycle what else is there then if the wages have come down at one stage they were 91% now they're at 83% if the wages have come down if agent fees have come down that Everton have spent if we're not buying any players because we're positive what's the one outlier in all of that that could have possibly tipped Everton over the edge. It's the stadium. And that's it. And that, nuts, we start and finish. And that, I, that's why I really... It sounded like Perot when you said did that. Did I? Then. Oh, yeah, it was like oh, I was getting goosebumps. I wish I had a little thing. Goosebumps. I wish I had I the like, little moustache. What's he going to say? Know what I'm what's he going to say? You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm practising for the overlap. I've already had... Switch it up, though. Jamie Switch Carrigan. it up, though. When, when, um, when you do it, just talk for a bit and then go scratch your head and you go... One more thing, man. One more man. thing, go One more thing full Jamie. Columbo. Just go full Columbo full on Columbo. the... But the reality of it all is, mate, I still get myself back to the point where a stadium that is bricks yeah. and mortar has never gone down the wing and whipped a dangerous crossing or headed one in. From As much as Sky will try to tell you that the cop does it, yeah. it, it doesn't really because there's a, a line mm-hmm. where the ball goes out before it hits the cop, so... Mm. It's um, but also, yeah, but I struggle also with it. your previous caller talking about the fact that he was watching games, you know, in the four-year-old in the sixties. Mm. Mm. This 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 uh, new stadium isn't going to be something that we uh, throw away in five years. No, exactly. It's going to be something. Don't forget, Alex. In the next 60, 70, 100 years benefits the Premier League. Mm. Benefits the community, creates jobs. Oh, and it's getting used in Euro twenty twenty-eight. Mm. Know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Nice one. Top man, Alex. Take yourself. Take it easy. See you later. Bye bye. Great call. Great call there. Right. That is us done. Yeah. 
we are going home to get boxes of chocolates and roses and all of that. Well, I mean, we're not. Cause, Ned's I mean, to sit in a pub on his own. Ned's going to sit in a pub on his own. I've given chocolates up because it's Lent now. But um, it's all good. Ned's going for a you quiz. Want your He's going to see his family. He's going to see oh, his family. The family, the, quiz the family. family. The fa- you know who they are. The, the, the dad and the two lads, the family. Mm. That's Ned. Dave Ned Chris, goes and does the dance. Sheila, Sheila, oh, the ones Chris. who dance outside. Yeah, yeah. Ned goes and sees them. He does that. Uh, listen, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, download the Sofa Score app. It's free. Thank you, everyone who called in. Thank you, everyone who joined us. We will see. Oh, Alan Stubbs. There's a video out with Alan Stubbs right now. Go and give that a little watch. He says his piece on uh, the Premier League and Everton situation. It is there. It's free for you to go and look right now on YouTube. But you've got to subscribe and like the video. See you later.